the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about healthcare these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, coming at you on 860 AM, The Answer. And you can reach us on the web at am860theanswer.com. That's am860theanswer.com. And you can listen live anywhere in the world. If you have a computer and a headset, there you go. Or catch me on your smartphone. We are an iHeart station, so download that app and take me with you on Sunday mornings. We also have the old shows, which you can reach through my website at drbillradiomd.com and also at the radio station. Again, that's am860theanswer.com. Well, the wife said she wanted me to talk about something medical today, so I'm going to talk about patriotism. When I'm in the studio... I'm the boss. I love it. (laughs) So I got to tell you now, people may say, well, you stand up for the flag and the uh, pledge of allegiance, put your hand over your heart and the, the national anthem at at the ball games and so on and so forth. And so you're a patriot. I got to tell you about my uncle Jack, who I never knew my father's younger brother. And he was a teenager nice Jewish boy in the uh, Newark, New Jersey area at the beginning of World War II. He was a musician, a little bit of a, of a bohemian, so to speak, and he immediately joined up. He joined the Army Air Force at the onset of World War II. He was shot down over the North Sea in a B-17 bomber, returning from a sortie over Germany. And, of course, that was the end of his life. He was not even 20 years old. Now, for me... He is the real patriot. He gave the, made the ultimate sacrifice. And his purple heart hangs on the wall of our living room. And I'm proud to have it there. And it reminds me of how small I am in the great scheme of things. But he's a patriot, and he made his proclamation with his life. So what is patriotism? Where does this thing come from anyway? Patriotism is a love of or an attachment to our homeland, to the good old U.S. of A. Well, if you live in Great Britain and you're a patriot, then your love is of your homeland, of of England or Great Britain or Wales or wherever you identify with. And we express this emotion when, when we stand for the national anthem or salute the flag or put our hand over our heart or thank our veterans who have fought and died for us. And when we perform these actions, we also express our willingness to 
give civic virtue and commitment to our fellow citizens. The idea of protests, as the NFL guys are doing, that's not new. And the idea of protest is patriotism. I'm sure that that's not new either. In my youth, when we protested, it was to overthrow the establishment in the war in Vietnam. And in retrospect, my actions seem unpatriotic. I expressed disdain for our way of life. And I've come to learn to love it. And I have to remember that a lot of these guys playing in the NFL, they're in their 20s, they're young. I don't know how much education they actually got. I don't know if they studied physics or if they understand where the word patriot and patriotism comes from. So I'm not sure that the recent protests against our country and our way of life is necessarily patriotic. I think that they would be better served by doing what the Dallas Cowboys did and taking a knee in recognition of those who have died unjustly at the hands of police or whatever they're protesting at that time, and then stand for the Pledge of Allegiance and for the national anthem and to show respect to our flag. And the flag itself really has no meaning. I mean, in and of itself, it's, it's an inanimate object. It's cloth material. It's dyes and coloring. It's stars that are sewn or stamped onto it. It has a border and an edge. And it's, it's, it's really just an inanimate object. But when we choose to put meaning to it, when we choose to infuse it with our emotions and our spirit, then it becomes something more. It becomes a symbol of our country and what we have and what we hold dear. And of course, most of us don't like to see that disrespected. There are some people who think that we're an evil country, but I've traveled all over the world and I am ever, ever amazed at how we are looked up to by most of the world and seen as the good guys. And we are. That doesn't mean we're perfect. Of course not. We do bad things. But we try to make up for our sins. And I think that as a country overall, we have made great progress and we continue to. So when we perform these actions at a ball game or uh, in the classroom or wherever, we're expressing our civic virtue and our commitment to each other, to our fellow citizens. So I'm not sure that the recent protests against our country and our way of life is necessarily patriotic, but the nice thing about my patriotism is that it's very accepting because I remember when I was young and impulsive and silly and not thinking rationally, thinking more emotionally, that I was tolerated by this society. In a lot of societies, I would have been locked up, sent to Siberia. And so that tolerance that we have is part of our patriotism, and we show that by saying we disagree with you, and we can express our disagreement in healthy ways, but we don't go out in the street and fight over this. Any political experiment of this magnitude of the United States, if left to its own devices, will over time undergo change and refinement. I mean, that's just an inevitability. You know, we started off as a country with slavery. Uh, 
And then we had a big fight in the 1860s, and that ended slavery. We've had big fights over civil rights and who can vote and who can go to college and who can go to this college or that college and go to this profession or that profession. But you know what? We're marching forward and we're doing it. And you stop and think about these guys in the NFL, and they make big money, most of them. You know, they make 500000 to a million bucks a year, and that's just for the linemen. And if you're a star quarterback or a star receiver, you can make tens of millions of dollars. And this, I think, is a big expression of our tolerance, our acceptance, our integration, if you will, that we are willing to pay homage to athletes in such a high manner. Pro athletes are making big, big money. But let's talk about us. Let's talk about our patriotism, our individual patriotism, and our ability to change who we are. We know that this is a virtue, patriotism. This is inherent in Western society. It goes back to the ancient Greeks. And it comes all the way through, through Christianity. Jesus said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Pay your respects to the state. Even if you don't agree, pay your respects. Pay your taxes. Work for change. So it's a virtue, and it's also an emotion. I mean, we have an emotional attachment, and we should. I mean, this is... This is what binds us together, that emotional attachment to each other, to our community, to our family, to our land, to the national parks, to the great interstate system that we have, to the military that protects us. I mean, all these things are are actual physical entities that we are emotional about, we have attachment to. And this love and respect of our country and the people that brought us into this world, this is part of the patriotism. The country and the people that nourish, nurtured, raised us, taught us, and in my case, tolerated us. I mean, these are the living beings that make up what we are patriotic about. In spiritual terms, if you are a spiritual person and you believe in God, it's piety and charity. I mean, we don't just do this because we have to. We do it because we want to. We want to have a family. We want to raise our kids. We want to have a society that works. We want to see our cities prosper. We want to see our state get over this hurricane, this flood, this catastrophe. We want to see our state grow and prosper. We want to see our country do the same thing. And so in in a very day-to-day sense, it's just the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, I'm not much on spirituality, but I understand its importance in society. And the basis is charity. I think the basis is charity for what I do. Yes, I get paid well. I'd probably do it even if I didn't get paid well. Our incomes as physicians have dropped over the years, rightfully so or not, but I still love what I do. I have an attachment, an attachment to my business, my practice, my patients, 
the community I work in, the city, the state, and the country. And whether we agree or disagree with each other, it's patriotic to show our love and respect to our parents and to our community and to our government, to our teachers, to our flag, to our patrons, to my patients. They're my patrons. They patronize my business. They come to me and they pay me money to take care of them, to provide them with a service, with goods, that is prescriptions or medications, bandages, with my sympathy for their situation, my understanding, and my ability to help change their situation, hopefully. And so they patronize me, and I appreciate that. They pay me money, and I tell them thank you, and I do my best job, and I try not to be offensive. I mean, it's, it's just common sense. If you're offensive to your patients or your customers, they're not going to come back. They will not come back. And I'm, I'm wondering if the guys in the NFL, now you would think that some of the leaders of these teams, the quarterbacks, the coaches, the older members of the team, the captains of the team would say, hey, wait a minute. You know, we might be going about this the wrong way. We might be making a statement, but that statement is going to be lost because we're disrespecting the vehicle in which we're allowed to make that statement. That is our country. We're not really hitting the nail on the head here, guys. If we want to make a statement, let's do it another way. Let's start a fund. Let's start a legal fund. Let's start some kind of a defense fund. Let's give money to this entity or that that will defend people who have been unjustly injured by the police or the families that have been unjustly injured. If that injustice has really occurred, you know, by the way, you got to have all the facts and that's a problem with just reading the newspaper or listening to the news or watching the news. You're not going to get the facts. You're just going to get what that entity, that news company, or that radio or television station has and feels and wants to show you. And I agree with Trump. There's a lot of dishonesty in the press. Even my father, who was a liberal, said that. He said, Bill, you got to take things with a grain of salt when you read them in the paper. I forget what I was asking him about, but I was actually fascinated and surprised to hear him say that. He might have been a little smarter than I thought. So I guess I have to pay my father homage and patronize him as well. Where does this word patron and patriotism come from? It's a Greek word. It's a Greek root word, and the root is father. So patriotic patriotism, these things apply to the quote-unquote fatherland. A lot of people will take offense at that, say, well, why isn't it the motherland? Or doesn't that smack of nationalism? It's just a word. It's a word that we take, and we take the meaning of it, and we adopt it and adapt it to our situation. But we understand that it goes back to a root word, meaning 
that from which we came, the land, the family, the people. And patriotism and patron, they're the same root word. So you patronize the radio station. You listen to it. You listen to the ads. You listen to me. And you say, you know what? This is fascinating. This is interesting. Oh, I like that Dr. Bill's using this x-ray company or that product and that he's supporting that. And you go out and you buy it or you patronize it. And then that way you show that you're a patron. You're a patron of the radio station. We pay our taxes. And we're patrons in that respect. Whether we always agree or disagree, or whether we always agree or not, it is patriotic to show our love and respect to our community and to our flag and to our country. It doesn't mean that we agree with everything. We don't have to agree with everything to say thank you. I mean, it's it just, it, it's not that big of a deal. It's a small act. It's a small show of respect to stand up for the national anthem or to salute the flag. It doesn't mean that we're Nazis and we're going to march and take over the world because we love our country. I mean, that's, that's, that's craziness. In fact, the United States has been the country that has gone to all the Western powers over the past century and said, you know what? Colonialism has got to end. You've got to divest yourself of your colonial holdings. So Great Britain, you got to give it up. France, you got to give it up. The only remnant of the colonials and the colonialization by Americans that is left that I can tell is Puerto Rico. And I mean, that that's, that's partly their choice. They've had the ability and the right to break away and be an independent country or become a state. That's, that's their decision. <clears throat> and They've showed their patriotism by saying, we don't want to leave. They've never had a vote that got a majority that said they want to be an independent country. And the last vote they took, I think it was about two-thirds or three-quarters, want to become a state. So we have been the nation that has shown its willingness to not be a colonial power. We are the nation that has pushed other nations to give up their colonial holdings. We're not nationalists. We're patriots. Big difference. I mean, I know it's semantic, and you can say, well, nationalism doesn't mean that to me. But just as a, a way of, of having a dichotomy here, having two separate entities, one that means one thing and one that means another, and we take patriotism to mean a healthy, positive thing. Some people don't like nationalism. They think that that's a dirty word. So our patriotism is to our government, our institutions, to our families, our communities, and to all those people who make this whole thing work. And believe me, this is, this is, a, this is a big and complex society. It's polyglot. It's multinational in many ways, or I should say 
multi-ethnic and multi-traditional. And so we respect the country and we patronize it. And you know what? I respect my customers, my patients. Because if I don't, they'll disrespect me. And the NFL guys, you better wake up. Because if you disrespect your patrons, that is those of us who watch football or go to the games or buy official jerseys and hats. And I even got a a hard hat. It was pretty cool. I got a hard hat off of, I think it was Amazon, and it has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers logo on it. And it's a gray hard hat. It looks really Looks really nice, and I, I was so thrilled to get it. But I'm not going to wear it now. I mean, if you're going to kneel down and disrespect the flag, which is disrespecting me, a member of the society that you live in, that you're part of, then I'm not going to show my support for you. I'm not going to watch you on TV. I'm not going to pay 100 or $200 to go to a game. I'm not going to wear my super-duper Buccaneers hard hat when I'm working on jobs. So respect that customer lest they disrespect you, folks. And the flag's a symbol. It's an inanimate object, as I said, and it has no meaning until we give it meaning. But once we have, then it becomes an object of respect. Because if we give something meaning as a, as a country, as a community... And it becomes a national symbol, the flag, the national anthem, then we need to show it respect. You want to change the world? I'm all for it. We have the right to vote. We have the right to organize. We have the right to protest. We have the right to put our opinions out there for other people to see and agree or disagree with. And when we say the Pledge of Allegiance, again, we're showing our respect. Does it mean that I agree with our country because I love everything about it? No. Does it mean that we are pure and good? No, of course not. You know, we started off as a country with slavery, and I understand the sentiment of many black Americans and the prejudices that still exist, but you know what? There's prejudices everywhere, and we're working through this better than the overwhelming majority of the world. And we're leading the way. We're very tolerant. I hear this from the guys who come from India, the doctors. They say there's just nowhere on earth where you can go and be accepted the way you are in the United States if you're not an American, if you weren't born here. I heard that from a Saudi Arabian guy young doctor. I've heard it from people all over the world, from all different countries, all different aspects of of life, all different communities. It's refreshing. It's eye-opening. So I say to you guys in the NFL, pick the right vehicle and the right time to make your statement. I realize that a lot of you are young and that some of you may not have had civics or have been interested in the educational process that most of us go through. But I would say take heed. If you like making those big bucks, 
a boycott can sink you. Maybe the guys in the NFL don't have the insight or the understanding to choose another way to express their concerns. And here we are. We're telling you how to do it. This is it. Wear a black armband. Form a group. Write a pamphlet. Start a defense fund. Join civic groups and try and be an interface or a buffer between the police and the public. Hey, it's not just here. When I was in China, I was reading the the newspaper, the English newspaper of the Daily Worker, which is the national newspaper of China. And there was the head of the country at the policeman's annual awards event for the whole country, and he was urging them to show more respect to their customers, to the people that they work for, who pay their taxes so that they have police. So this is universal. Maybe the NFL guys don't have all the facts and all the statistics. Maybe they don't know that the percentage of whites who are killed by police are greater than the percentage of blacks. Maybe they need to investigate. But can we respect and disagree? I think so. But again, it's the way in which we do it. There's the rub, guys. There's the rub. You want me to come to your games? You want me to buy your logo items and your T-shirts and sweatshirts? You want me to tell you how wonderful you are and what a delight it is to see you play ball? You better reciprocate here, folks. This respect comes from the gratitude and the attachments that we have to our community, to our homeland, which you're part of. And we show you respect and gratitude by paying you big, big bucks. And as long as we're born into a family that shows love and respect and concern, not that it's perfect, parents make mistakes, then the natural charity that we were given should be reciprocated. We need to give it back. And when I pay you to play ball, I am being charitable. I'm showing my concern and my like of you and what you do. And you need to give back to me. Patriotism is a fundamental vehicle to give back to the community. You're making millions of dollars and you take a knee to disrespect who? Me, the flag, the country. I mean, it's all kind of wrapped up into the same thing. A lot of us see the the world this way. We respect our parents and our teachers and coaches and advisors and leaders. Doesn't mean we agree with them. I mean, I didn't agree with Obama. I didn't agree with hardly anything that he did but I respected what he had accomplished, whether it was legitimate or not. I'm not, I don't really care. He got there and he was the president and I never disrespected his person. And I heard a lot of guys do that in the lunchroom, people saying that he hated America and that he really wanted to destroy America. I never saw that. 
I saw an ideologue doing what he set out to do, and he told us what he was going to try to do, and he, he got a lot of it done. But still, the office deserves respect. We're patrons of each other. We patronize each other. We pay taxes so that the president has a job, and his job is to look out for us. Our idea of what looking out for may be different from others, but we all expect some services for what we pay, and we expect to be respected In the same vein, the patronage that we receive from our employers or our employees, our customers, our patients, needs to be respected and appreciated. If you don't appreciate what I'm doing, dude, I ain't going to watch you. If you don't respect me and what I believe in and what I stand for, then you're not going to get my money. You're not going to get my patronage. Are they showing us appreciation and respect? Do they think that they're above us? That they don't have to behave by the same rules that you and I do? By the same unspoken customs and attitudes? Do they not understand that we're the customers? And we're patronizing them? I don't know. I'm not sure that they really fully understand that. Again, a lot of them are young, and I understand that because I was young and silly at one time. And as I grew and aged, my attitudes changed. And maybe they haven't had the same educational experience that I have had or other people have had. Maybe they haven't had civics. Maybe they don't understand what it is to patronize or to be patriotic Maybe they've been pampered. Maybe they think they're special. We can undo that quickly. We can decide not to buy, not to go to your games. So you've got to be careful there, folks. You've got to stop and think about who you're disrespecting when you try to show your disagreement with national policies or with state or local policies or policemen who are bad or racial injustice. Don't stop fighting for justice, but do use some other vehicle. And with that, I'm going to take a break, grab a cup of Joe. I'll be right back. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. When I come back, if you want to jump on and talk about this with me, give me a call. I am at 877-996-6400. That's 877-969-8600. This is Dr. Bill. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. President Trump says his administration has done, quote, a great job of the almost impossible situation in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria struck the island. He says that more help is on the way and things will soon be back to normal. The Supreme Court begins its new term tomorrow, the first term of the Trump presidency, topping the agenda, a dispute over a wedding cake for same-sex couples. 
In a fight over partisan electoral maps, conservatives will look for a boost from the newest justice, Neil Gorsuch. Spanish Deputy Prime Minister says the Spanish police have intervened with, quote, firmness and proportionality today against the Catalan vote on secession. The Spanish authorities, he says, acted in a professional and proportional way. They were not going after voters, but a referendum, but referendum material instead. Meanwhile, the referendum appears to be passing about 70 to 10. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill for West Coast Radiology. Our good friends at West Coast Radiology offer convenient and comprehensive x-ray diagnostics, including open MRI, CT scan, CT PET mammography, and ultrasound. With state-of-the-art equipment and four convenient locations, you're assured of friendly, comprehensive care. Most insurance is accepted and competitive self-pay rates, plus Saturday appointments. Call West Coast Radiology at 727-771-2795. That's 727-771-2795. Celebrating 18 years as the leader in investing and trading education. Following your system has been fantastic. Yeah, I really appreciate the work you do. You're, you're really an inspiration. I have learned so much. And you're really one of the best. I've been with you for about a month and a half now, and I'm already up 7%. Financial education is, in many respects, the most important education you can get, and that's what they're getting from your show. You guys have always been great on the service side. I have so much more confidence than when I'm in my trading. I've been in this business for 45 years, and you are the best. And I've been following you, I guess, about nine months right now, and you've just done a great job. Join the gang, and you'll never regret it. If you're serious about securing your financial future, then contact philsgang.com or give them a call at 877-600-GANG, 877-600-4264. Wouldn't it be nice if someone told you when to buy and sell stocks? Well, there is. The Philsgang Max Best 1000 stock charts actually tell you when to buy or sell stocks. Go to philsgang.com or call 877-600-4264. From orphan to the wealthiest man in the world. I was abandoned, a child without parent. He opened his heart to God and opened his home to thousands of children in need. Mully, in partnership with Focus and the Family, discover the miraculous true story of how one man gave up earthly riches and became the wealthiest man in the world. I see a impossible becoming possible. In cinemas nationwide, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Buy tickets now at mullymovie.com. Mainly cloudy and humid with a shower or a thunderstorm around this afternoon. Today's high, 89. A brief evening shower tonight. Otherwise, cloudy and humid, low 76. A mix of clouds and sunshine with a shower or a thunderstorm around tomorrow, high 87. An evening shower or a thunderstorm tomorrow night. That's your Iraqi weather forecast. I'm Jonathan Reed for AM860, The Answer. Radio MD, and I'm back. Took a little little coffee break there. Got a cup of Joe. 
by the way, we are at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600, talking about patriotism and what it is and why it's important and why these guys in the NFL are way off the mark. You know, they just don't understand that we're the customers and we're patronizing them and they need to respect us and our beliefs and our feelings. So we have to go back to the golden rule. I don't think that I would, partly because I probably get my my butt whipped, that I would disrespect one of these guys, at least not up close. And I certainly wouldn't disrespect their teams, although I don't agree with some of, of the teams and some of what they do. I think that that's a bad example to set if you're cheating or taking advantage of the situation. But I do patronize them, and I do, or I have up until now. And I think that their disrespect for their customers and what their customers believe in, that is us, their patrons, that this is an injustice. And the only way that I can respond to this is by boycotting it. And isn't that what they're supposedly protesting is injustice? Watch out. It's a double-edged sword, folks. They sound a little confused to me and off topic with a lack of understanding of the whole concept of justice. And you can say, well, you didn't grow up black. You don't know what it's like to be black in America. I don't know. I mean, I've been threatened with my life for associating with blacks. I've been shot at. I've heard anti-Semitism all my life and realized that if I was in Germany and during World War II, I would have been gassed and thrown into an oven with a lot, a lot of other people who were half Jewish and didn't even practice Judaism. So I, I think that it's kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's really narcissistic to think that your experiences are so unique and so different than mine. And I hear this from people all the time that you just don't know what it's like to grow up black in America. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that there's really all that big of a, of a bias anymore in the 1970s when the Pew research people were polling Californians about who they were going to vote for, for governor. And there was a black candidate. I think it was mayor Bradley of Los Angeles who was running. I can't remember for sure. And they detected a racial bias. And so in the 70s and 80s and 90s, they added a couple questions at the beginning of their polling to see if they could find a racial bias in people's voting preferences. But by the time that Obama ran for president, they said that that bias was no longer there and they quit asking those questions. We voted in a black president. I mean, I, I can't think of any higher form of acceptance than to make the head of the country or to elect the head of the country and that man is black or that woman is black. So true charity is giving back 
without expectations. And I don't see the charity in, in taking a knee. I don't see that there's any uh, real concern for the country there. I may, I may be missing something, but that, that's just my feelings. I don't see it. And, you know, you think about the pro sports are truly one of the few professions where making a million dollars a year is the norm. I mean, that's a huge amount of money. That puts them in the 0.001% of the wage earners in the United States. But remember, guys, nothing's guaranteed, especially if you don't treat your customers right. They might leave you. And I expect an elite group like pro athletes to be the first people to stand up and make a statement for, for me, for my beliefs, and for my country. I mean, where did you grow up, guys? Did you grow up outside of the United States? Did you not have the opportunity to become a pro player? Do you not have the same economic opportunities as everybody else? Are you prohibited from spending your money wherever you want within, within the law? You better think about this because you know what? You're one of us. You're part of the whole. And you're not just a part of a community. You're a part of the, the dirt that we live on, that we grow food on, that we fight for. that we make goods out of, whether it's metal for cars or mud for dishes. This is where we, we do it. This is what it comes from. Well, used to be. Now it's all done in China. But the ground is as hallowed as the people are, as our beliefs are. I mean, think about it. You fight for turf. When you're on the football field, that's what you're doing. You're defending your turf and you're trying to keep the other team out. You're trying to keep the enemy out. Same thing. And we're attached to the turf. And some of that turf is a Superdome or a Soldier's Field or Fenway Park or Raymond James Stadium or the Astrodome and so on. We become attached to these places. And I've heard more than one of my friends say they were so happy to be at the last game at this ball field or, or that arena before they moved to another, before the Mets moved somewhere else. You get attached. And you know what? We're more than just the individuals that come to the games and pay their money. We're more than the communities. We're the dirt. We're the turf. We're the venue. One way or another, we got to pay for this land, whether it's to go and watch you guys fight it out on, on the football turf or whether it's a lot to build a home on or stadiums and arenas that we play in or public lands for parks, recreation, government buildings, administration, roads, highways. All these things are part of it. So we expect you to give back. We expect you to show your respect for our best efforts and our hard work and bringing our business to you. 
So you pro athletes, wake up. Civic duty is more than voting. It's respect, tolerance, community action, social interaction. All the things that you are protesting have not been justly or evenly distributed. It's what we are showing you when we patronize you. You you guys wake up. We don't have to agree about everything, but we do have to have some vehicles through which we work. So none of us are infallible. We're all a work in progress, and so is the country. And this includes government, institutions, our justice system, our laws, and they're not static. They change. What the Supreme Court decided 150 years ago is not what stands today. And just because you love your country or honor your country doesn't mean that you stop trying to change the things that you see are wrong. We want to better ourselves in every way. But you choose the wrong vehicle in which to drive change, and you can have serious consequences. And I think that some of those consequences are coming home to roost now. But the main thing is, even if you don't have any idea what patriotism is, even if you don't have any real strong feelings about the country, even if you think you're above the rest of us, I really urge you not to offend and disrespect your customers because you can lose everything that you have. You know, for most people, God is the first object of love, followed by parents, family, community, and state. And this abstract emotion is first and best given to something greater than us. And you guys need to humble yourselves a little bit and realize that you're not greater than us. You're part of us, like it or not. You can be taken down. Nonviolently, by the way. You know, our respect and our charity is like the ripples in a pond. You drop a rock in the middle of a still pond, it radiates outward symmetrically. Well, if there's a rock in the middle of the pond, then the area behind that rock is not going to get that. You want to be a rock? I don't think so. In a small country where the population is homogeneous, ethnically, religiously, traditionally, it's perhaps easier to hold feelings of patriotism than in a big polyglot country like ours. However, even in a polyglot nation as ours, we come to know and respect many ethnicities and many traditions and many cultures and many beliefs, and we find the commonality. And believe me, there's a lot of commonality. There's a lot, we're a lot more alike than we are different. Especially as I travel around the world and see how other cultures are. And when we travel, it doesn't matter whether we're white or black or Hispanic. If we're Americans, the first thing most people see is that we're Americans. And, you know, by accepting each other, and we do accept you guys when we pay your wages and your salaries, as outrageous as they may be, we find the commonality. We put our hopes into you that our team will win and that you'll do the best job that you can. 
And I think that's what we do when we go to the doctor or when we go to the auto parts store and I talk to the guy at the counter and I say, I need a starter for my motor. And he says, okay, what kind of motor you got? I say, well, I've got a 25 horsepower Briggs and Stratton. It's inside of my generator at the house. And he looks it up and he says, this is what you need. And I trust him that he's doing the right job for me. And I respect him for that. And I thank him. And I show him that when I pay him my money. And in doing so, we become homogenized. We become more of a one when we interact, when we have discourse, when we have trade. And I think it's the same way with the world in that we learn to become one with the world when we trade with the world and interact with the world. But first and foremost, we have to do it at home. We learn our basic values and morals at home by the example that our parents and our teachers and our community set. And we want to hear what you have to say, please. But we don't need to feel guilty about feeling strong attachments to our families or our communities or our land or our our ideals or our flag. There's no shame in that. I mean, I don't need to feel guilty about that. And you're not going to make me feel guilty by taking a knee. You're going to make me mad because I'm going to say, wait a minute. That's not what I'm paying you to do. I'm not paying you to come out and showboat and tell me how you feel. You want to tell me how you feel? Give me a call on the show. Grab me at the office. We'll go out and grab a bite of lunch and you can tell me how you feel. But when I'm paying you to do a job, I don't care how you feel about a certain political situation or a certain social injustice perceived or real. You know, I don't care what the guy at the counter at Napa Auto Parts thinks about President Trump or President Obama. I don't care. I'm not there for that. I mean, look, if I start a conversation and and ask him what he thinks, and he says, well, this is my opinion, then I've opened that door. But if I'm there to buy a starter for my my generator at home, I expect him to respect me and not start a political or religious or a situational debate in the middle of doing business. So cut it out. I mean, it's just inherent that we feel strong attachments. That's part of being a human being. That's part of being an animal that is carved out of turf. We defend our den. We defend our our home. We defend our country. We defend each other because we see the strength that comes from working with each other. And we show the respect to each other about the traditions that we have, including honoring and respecting the flag. And all of this reinforces and nurtures the natural bonds that preceded the birth of nations and governments. I mean, this goes back to the very beginning of time, before there were nations, before there were governments, when we were living in caves or huts. 
And it's not just Americans that are patriotic. Everybody's patriotic. The Chinese are very proud of who they are and what they have. They see themselves as the harbinger of civilization. They say they go back 5,000 years and that they carved all of their history and culture and traditions and technology out of their own raw materials and their own ideas and their own thoughts. I don't know how true that is. I'm sure there was Western influence and Eastern influence in the West back and forth, but it is a feeling that they have, and they're very proud of it. They're very patriotic, and they're tied to their land. They're tied to each other, and they'll fight for each other, and they'll work with each other. And all of this gives us a stability and a platform from which we can move forward, from which our kids can grow, they can learn, they can expand, they can make a living, they can improve themselves and give back to the people and the land that they're attached to, all of that charity that we gave to them. As a patriot, I love my family, my neighbors, my backyard, my institutions that allow me to become what I am today. And this patriotism has given me the freedom to seek opportunities and travel abroad and learn and better appreciate the world in which I live and work. It makes me alert to politicians, commercialists, and ideologues who would destroy these things, these things that we hold sacred. But the problem with unscrupulous ambition is it has nothing to work upon unless you're in a nation that's been so corrupted by money and avarice and luxury that that's what you think are the true gods. I don't think so. I think they're nice things to have. Don't get me wrong. I live well. I'm so grateful. I live like a freaking king. But I also realize where it comes from, that it's a fragile thing, and that I need you guys just as much as you need your customers and your friends, and your patrons. Patriotism makes it stronger, makes us all stronger. All people want a good home, good land, and good neighbors. So to make this happen, we need to participate fully, or as fully as we can, which at times requires that we put aside our own self-interest and our own preconceptions and pay respect to the greater society. And you know what? My money is on you. We don't ask much of our pro athletes, this class of citizens, but they should heed the warning. More than one empire has been felled by the boycott of the people. And as a physician who makes decent money, it's almost unfathomable the salaries that some of these guys make. But I don't fault them. But they better figure out where that money comes from or it ain't going to be there much longer. What do you think, Bill? I think they're going to have to have a day of reckoning. And that time is coming. Well, it's getting close to the end of the show, and I've been flapping my gums away here. I hope that some of this made some sense. I feel like it did. I don't know, Bill. What do you think? Did we make sense this morning? That's my man. That's my man. <laughs> and I patronize him because I buy airtime, and it pays his salary. And there you go. And that, you know, it's a, I got a bill from a plumber once and it said, please pay me so I can pay him so they can pay them. So, so they can pay you. 
So that dollar bill goes around and around. And when it comes down and it lands, well, there you have it. Well, I'm Dr. Bill, and I hope everybody has a great remainder of the weekend. And I am going to get out of here and go do something productive in the workshop. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.